when meeting people, and I'm talking about the late 80s into the 1990s, it used to be an opener to ask, do you have children? Or how many children do you have? No one is really interested in hearing about your stepchildren. Hi there, I'm Rosie, and welcome to another episode of What Does Your Family Look Like? If this is your first time, welcome, and if not, welcome back. I'm a 66-year-old woman who has had a full life. I've been married, divorced, and happily married a second time. If you are just joining this podcast, you need to know that I have no biological children. I did instead not give birth to two wonderful stepsons. They are in their mid to late 40s now and have given us four wonderful grandchildren. We have been together since they were young boys. In this episode, I would like to share the feelings I've carried about being a woman without biological children. Floodgates have opened and I am ready to talk. We live in a totally different world than women of yesteryear. Young women are getting married later. Children are a question, not a given. And I know my experience is not a standalone, one-off experience. I am not advocating for or against having children. However, I do encourage you to give yourself permission to follow your true destiny in the face of a society where women are socially conditioned to be ashamed of not having kids. Through the years, feelings of guilt, a lack of purpose, unworthiness, and a few other really charming ones have plagued me. I am exploring this journey with you, my listeners, because if one person relates to this and can be helped, then it's worth it to me. I cannot keep you from whatever feelings you may have surrounding this issue, but it is my sincerest wish that this podcast may help to open you up and deal with whatever issues you may have regarding this matter. Whatever your emotions, rest assured, you are not the only one. Before I spill my guts, I want to tell you that I have come out of this on the other side. Today, I feel whole and happy. Overall, I have always been a lively, fun person with a good sense of humor and pretty open with my feelings. However, I successfully kept these uncomfortable feelings from most of my closest people. No one really would have guessed the state of lacking that I felt. So how would I describe these dark feelings? Well, let's try this one on for size. I haven't felt like a complete woman. It's not melodramatic. It's just the plain truth. We are indoctrinated by society to have children. There must be something wrong with you if you don't have them. And what made me feel worse is that I made the choice. I actually made that choice. You don't know how long it took me to admit that I picked a man over having children. What does that say about me? Would it have been easier to accept if I was physically incapable of having them? Maybe. That would have been a ready-made, socially acceptable reason. And the judgment from other women, like self-judgment, wasn't enough. When meeting people, and I'm talking about the late 80s 
into the 1990s. It used to be an opener to ask, do you have children? Or how many children do you have? No one is really interested in hearing about your stepchildren, or that's how it felt to me back then. When they found out I didn't have my own children, there would be a pause, an uncomfortable, pregnant, funny choice of words, pause. I either felt compelled to fill the gap with something funny, or they moved on to another person, like I was invisible. Or another line I really loved was, you don't understand, you don't have your own children. How do people say crap like that? Thankfully, I only heard that a few times, but really, it is so mean. And where was my purpose? Raising children is a ready-made, wash-and-wear, comes-with-all-the-bells-and-whistles kind of purpose. What could be more important than bringing children into the world, loving them, instilling values, raising little yous, giving them wings to fly and prosper, hopefully contributing to the world, and finally, the ultimate dividend, grandchildren. Yes, I helped raise these stepchildren, and I loved it. I cherished it. We have always had a good relationship. My husband has given me credit for being a guiding light in their lives. You can accolade me from here to the moon, and if it doesn't feel authentic in the deepest part of you, it doesn't count. I now know and feel that I did matter, but all of those years I carried those ill feelings, and it weighed me down. I did end up discovering my true purpose, but I will share that with you in a few minutes. Now, guilt. We don't want to forget that universal feeling. My mother has four grandchildren in total from my sister and brother, but none from me. It made me feel like I denied her the added joy she would have had. We were so close, me and mom. She passed away 10 years ago at the ripe age of 93. We had a very special and unique relationship. I was born in 1955 when she was 38. Not old by today's standards, but back then her friends thought she was crazy. In fact, she was quite the opposite. I considered her bold and brave. A little background on mom. She was admitted to the Phipps Psychiatric Clinic at Johns Hopkins in 1954. The duration of her inpatient stay was about three months. She was clinically depressed. As she progressed through her therapy, it became clear to her psychiatrist that she was not finished with her childbearing years. I think if the doc would have consulted my father, he would have wholeheartedly disagreed. No, we're done. We're good. Well... Before my mother was discharged, she too realized she was ready for another child. They released her from the inpatient side, but said she had to come back as an outpatient every week until she was pregnant. A few months later, she was totally discharged in carrying me. My sister was 14 years old and my brother 10 years old at the time of my birth. So to say this was quite a shakeup for my family was an understatement. I do, however, feel that I was the beneficiary of her emotional growth. We had an easy mother-daughter relationship. It was truly beautiful. Fast forward. Mom became widowed at 62, 
while living in Florida, having moved from our hometown of Baltimore only nine months earlier. She remained for five more years, returning at 67, depressed. My sister and brother helped move her back home. She found a psychiatrist, got on some good meds, and gradually got back to herself. We spent almost every Wednesday night together. I would leave work, go to her apartment, and flop on the couch while she cooked dinner for me. Eating together is so rich. Such good conversation shared. On Saturdays, I would pick her up in the morning, and we would run errands, shop, eat lunch out, you know, mother-daughter kind of stuff. We had the boys every other weekend, and it was important to me that they have father-son time, alone time without me. They were with Dad, I was with Mom. All good. I came back home around 3 o'clock, and we all four spent the rest of the weekend together. On one of these Saturdays, I confessed to Mom that I felt badly for her, that I never gave her grandchildren. She treated my stepchildren as her own, but still, well, I probably could have predicted her reply. She said she never gave it a thought. My guilt was assuaged. Totally. I learned a valuable lesson here. Don't hold back. Ask the questions while your loved ones are here to answer. I would have carried that guilt the rest of my life otherwise. Years go by. She was chugging along great, and then at 84 she became ill and was never able to be on her own again. She was in the hospital for almost two months and was discharged into my care. Mom lived with us for three years. I have to credit my husband. It was he who was the catalyst for her moving in with us. I wanted it but was afraid he would be overly burdened. It was a big ass because she required assistance with all of her activities of daily living. She was not independent any longer. It was a commitment, one we were ready and eager to take on. I had help from my sister and brother as well. Mom lived 10 more years with our help. After three years with us, I found an affordable senior apartment and all of us kids supplemented the cost of the apartment and live in help. My sister and I each took a 24-hour period ourselves each week staying with her. She was happy, and if she was happy, I was happy. I won't kid you, it was tough emotionally and physically, but it was a true honor taking care of her in her later years. During this time, my purpose unfolded, and it dawned on me after she died that my birth created a new beginning for her and my birth gave her a dignified last chapter of her life. And the choice of marrying my husband became even clearer to me. Not only did he treat me well and love me so unconditionally, he treated my mother with the utmost respect and care. How could loving him be wrong? Who could want for more? We had the means to help her. We had plenty of room for her. I had the time to dedicate to her as I was not sandwiched between caring for children and caring for my elderly mother. It was meant to be. If I had had my own kids, I might not have been able to devote my time to her. And I was so resolute in my commitment. So there, I found my purpose at last, to give back to a woman who gave me everything, 
and most importantly, unconditional love. Since then, I have discovered some other purposes surrounding grandchildren, which I will share in later episodes. We are put on this earth for many reasons. Some we uncover and some we don't. Lastly, let me focus on legacy. I leave none. The limb of my family tree stops with me. No little saplings, no one resembling me, no lineage. Most kids have to do a family tree project, which presents all kinds of queries and questions. Well, one such project was being discussed while I was visiting my stepson and his family. Our granddaughter asked my husband about his parents. Well, I knew no questions were going to be posed to me, nor would I have a place on that piece of paper. I suddenly felt an out-of-body experience. I was removed from the room figuratively, and I slithered out literally until the conversation ended. It was truly a I-didn't-see-that-coming moment. Well, I pulled up my big girl panties and re-entered the room. No one noticed, thank God. But it lived with me. Unintended consequences. Those feelings you can't factor in. You can't plan for. So, let me wrap up this episode by first thanking you for listening to my outpouring of emotion. I ask for no pity. No need to feel sorry for me. I made a choice. The fact that I had repercussions from that choice is simply human. Where will your choices lead you? What wonderful and not so wonderful unintentional consequences will await you? Whatever they are, I hope you can either handle them on your own, share them with a confidant, or explore them with a therapist. Peeling the onion can be uncomfortable, but once the layers are exposed and self-discovery emerges, freedom shortly follows. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at WDYFLL, the podcast. Please join us next Wednesday for more in-depth discussions about what families look like.